Would you grab your copy of God's Word? We're in a series called Be Kind, and this series reflects around the themes that are going to be heard this week during VBX. There are going to be some key spots this week where they're hearing similar themes. Now, as you can see on my shirt, it says, Don't be a meanie. We went a little bit more adult phrase to say be kind for the, for the adult series, but if it helps you, don't be a meanie, right? So would you stand with your copy of God's Word if you're in the auditorium, if you're online with us, we trust you'll read along with us as well. Luke chapter 6, the Gospel of Luke chapter 6, we're going to begin in verse 27. Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 27. Thank you so much for volunteering for VBX this week. If you haven't registered, you can do that. There's an easy way to do it with your smart device right on your chair back. There's a QR code, so you can do it that way. Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 27. Read along with me, if you will, today. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, this is Jesus talking, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. Anybody taking a gut punch yet this morning? If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Notice the repetition. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for Your Word. And now I ask that You help us to take it to heart. And Spirit of God, speak to us of how we are to live this out in our lives. I pray, O God, especially today, if there's anyone who needs healing in their lives over hurt that's been done to them, to be able to come to a place where we can love our enemies. I pray you would do that work. You know best, Lord. Speak to us, and may we be attentive. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated this morning. Turn to your neighbor and give them a really nice, kind smile. Some of the verses that are serving as an overarching theme for this series have been from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And we've been focusing on kindness in particular. And we've agreed in the last few weeks that the kindness that God is talking about and the love that God is talking about is only going to come from an overflow of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. On our own, we will not exist in this way of love and kindness. The fruit of the Spirit that are mentioned in Galatians 5 are more than just the ability as a human being to live out these efforts. I think nothing teaches and illustrates this more than Jesus talking about loving your enemies. The teaching of Jesus, even in His day, would feel very unnatural to live out 
And society then, and I think we can all agree society now, is essentially self-centered. This teaching by Jesus would be viewed as otherworldly or out of touch with how life really is. In fact, I could even imagine somebody asking Jesus, do you live in the same world we do? It's one thing to love the lovable. It's the natural way of human beings, however, to not love those who hate us or who do us wrong. Jesus' teaching in the Gospels during His earthly ministry had a tendency to turn up the dial. The world's view, as Jesus would even reference in Matthew's account, was love thy neighbor, hate thine enemy. But in Matthew's account, Jesus says this, but I say to you, as the authority to people who want to follow Christ, Jesus instituted a new way of love, a new dimension of love and kindness the world didn't know. And again I'll say, this love and this kindness is only going to be evident in our lives by the work of the Holy Spirit within us. Let's look at our text again today. Luke chapter 6, verses 27 and 28. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who hurt you. The first word that Jesus gives in verse 27 is love. When we are wronged, one writer says, we are not to react in a spirit of hatred, but to act in a way that shows Christ-like character and values. Let me let you in on a little secret. Loving our enemies requires more than just an emotion, but instead a Holy Spirit-inspired will to act in our lives. Let me say it this way. You won't always feel like loving the people who don't love you. You won't always feel like being loving and kind to people who've harmed you. It takes a supernatural love to love our enemies. And when you study the, the understanding of the word love here in this passage of Scripture, the idea in this verse is that this love is the kind of love you normally show towards friends. I text friends, I call friends, I check on friends, I try to be encouraging to friends, I'm on a journey with friends. And here Jesus is saying you need to show that love to prefer them or to wish them well even towards our enemies. The right understanding of love here is not subject to what mood we're in or what other people act like, but this is a consistent love that acts rather than reacts, a love produced through us by the Holy Spirit that is not possible on our own. We live in a world that most people love based on what happens to them or what's said about them. Jesus calls us to love, period. No matter what's said, no matter what's done. Jesus says, love your enemies. And when you study enemies, you understand these are people who can take advantage of you, can seek to harm you, can be openly hostile towards you, or have deep-seated hate in their hearts. The context here in this passage of Scripture gives indication that this is not just someone who did this a decade ago or two decades ago, this is someone who is actively causing harm, actively mistreating you in your life. The concept of loving our enemies draws parallels to Christ Himself. Peter would write of Jesus in the historical account, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, when they hurled insults at Jesus, He did not retaliate. 
When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Now we know that Jesus went even further. And we're going to see this play out in what Jesus is teaching in Luke 6. Jesus didn't just stay silent or choose not to retaliate. He went further to even give his life on a cross to die even for the very people who beat him, who mocked him, and who crucified him. Jesus didn't just stay quiet. He then took action towards them. Now, I'll pause for a moment to say to you, be careful not to make everyone your enemy. We live in a time when people are easily angered, easily triggered, easily upset. People are sitting on the edge of their seats figuratively, just waiting for someone to say something to tick them off. Be careful not to just add things or, excuse me, add people to your enemy list just because they said something you didn't agree with or because they did something that you interpreted as being intentional harm. Not everyone is your enemy. Can we agree on that? At the same time, there are people who can treat us wrongly. How do we respond? Well, I can tell you what Jesus didn't say in Luke chapter 6. He didn't say it's okay to retaliate or smear that person towards others. It's not just about what we don't do. It's not just about being silent or disengaging or no longer talking to them because of recognized toxicity. But Jesus actually goes far enough to say we should do. There are action verbs included in here that say do good, bless them, and pray for them. Not enough not to just to not do those things. It's that Jesus actually calls us to action. Listen to what He says. Do good to those who hate you. Proverbs 20, verse 22 says, Don't say, I will repay evil. Proverbs 24, 29 says, And don't say, now I can pay them back for what they've done to me. I'll get even with them. Some people have been done wrong, and they stand in life waiting for the opportunity to show anger and attitude and hatred back towards that person. But Paul the Apostle in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 17 and 18 said... Never pay back evil with more evil. I think he was a guy that probably could have felt pretty mistreated. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can or make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Now I did a deep study in the deep original Greek language for this message. And the word everyone in the Greek language is everyone. (laughs) Christ-like kind action even in the face of mistreatment. Do good. Love and kindness aren't truly love and kindness until there's action that accompany those characteristics. Proverbs 25 goes far enough to say this, If your enemies are hungry, give them food to eat. If they're thirsty, give them water to drink. You will eat burning coals of shame on their heads, and the Lord will reward you. i got to tell you today that kind actions towards those who do wrong to us will surprise those people. That's not a normal reaction in our world. And rather than gloating in our enemies' suffering, we're to do good to them so that they might see Christ through us. 
It may even be that these kind actions eventually lead to them recognizing Jesus and turning towards Him. But even if they never change, even if they never come back and apologize, we're doing it to be obedient to God, to be like our Father, and the Bible is clear that He will reward us as a result. Can I just challenge your thought today? If you're living to act nice to someone to try to provoke them to change, to come back and apologize or treat you differently, you have the wrong motive. The right motive is, God has been good to me, God has been kind to me, God has been loving to me, I want to be kind and loving to others. Jesus, help me to live like you. And irregardless of whether that person changes, of whether that person apologizes, or whether that person becomes more nice and kind, you've then done what God wants you to do. And when we stand on the day of judgment, we won't be held responsible in the sense for everybody else's actions. We will be held responsible. I will be held responsible for me. How did I react? How did I respond? How did I treat others? goes a step further. Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Be concerned about their well-being, their lives, especially their spiritual well-being. Pray for those who hurt you. And this isn't, hey God, tomorrow would you send a lightning strike to strike them down. This isn't, Lord, give them what's coming. Don't act like you've never thought it. This is genuine concern for the lives of other people that they would know God and know His love. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. I remember vividly a moment in life quite a while back where I was talking with someone who had dealt with some major hurt in their life. It was legitimate. But at the same time, there was a an easy recognition that there hadn't been healing, that they hadn't been able to process through and heal from the hurt that had gone on. And it came down to the point in conversation where I looked at the person and I said, let me ask you, are you in a place where you can pray for those who hurt you? Because if we're not in a place where we can pray for those who hurt us, it may be that God still wants to work in our hearts. Luke, 29, excuse me, Luke 6, verse 29, If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. I thought about illustrating this, but I thought somebody would be mad by the time we got done, or in pain, or I'd be accused of beating somebody, whatever the case. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Let me summarize it for you. The idea here is that we voluntarily offer more than what's needed or even demanded. We're prepared to help people who ask. We're prepared to do even more than what's needed. Our motives should be the other person's needs and rights and interests even more than our own. And again, 
This is an overflowing work of the Holy Spirit. This does not happen naturally. We are in a self-centered, self-focused world. And if we're not careful, we can be those people ourselves. And the natural tendency when we're hurt is to get angry or to get even or to hold grudges or to look for a way to return the mistreatment or to wish harm on them or to lean into the rights that we have to defend our position. And then Jesus says in verse 31, Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Before Jesus' time, this statement was often phrased as, don't do to someone else what you wouldn't want them to do to you. Kind of in that omission conversation. Don't do these things. But Jesus takes it a step further. Because He didn't just say that we should live with omitting the wrong things, but then He says that we're to commit to serving others. Don't just not do, but here is what you should do. Do unto others how you would want them to do unto you. You know, this really is a summary statement of so much of what we're talking about when it comes to kindness. How would we want to be treated? Even on our worst days... When a lot of things are going on in our lives, wouldn't we want people to be gracious and compassionate and kind and loving towards us? Wouldn't we want them to be patient and understanding with us and give a little grace, give a little slack for the reality that we're just going through some tough times? But how often do we desire and expect more grace and compassion from people than what we actually offer others? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If we treat others the way we want to be treated or expect to be treated, we would be kind a lot more often. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind. It's even on this t-shirt for VBX this week. Be kind and compassionate towards one another, tender-hearted and forgiving one another, even as God through Christ has forgiven you. Being gracious and kind. Verse 32, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. So so even the people who aren't claiming to follow Christ, even the people who are rebellious towards God, even the people who have no religious affiliation, even the sinners who love those, they love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Notice the repetition, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Notice there is a bold contrast that Jesus makes. Even those who don't follow Jesus love the people who love them. But as Christ followers, we're called to live in a way that is loving and kind even towards those who don't love us. Kindness is uncommon in our world towards those who are disliked or disagreeable. I don't know where we went wrong in this, but somewhere along the way in our world, we've drafted the idea, or at least lived by it, that we can't disagree with someone and still be kind. Is that not a timely thought? We can't disagree with one and still be kind. For some reason, if we disagree automatically, that means we hate one another. 
But what the Bible teaches is what separates a Christ follower is the loving kindness that is shown even to those who are hard to love or have treated us poorly or even those we don't agree with. People expect us to be angry or even reactive. And even Christians are expected to act in some of those ways. But by the help of the Holy Spirit, we can act rather than reacting. We can show kindness rather than anger or retaliation. We're even told to offer kindness to those who cannot reciprocate, to be kind without expecting a return from another person. I'll say again, kindness can open the door for change in another person's life, but even if they don't change, this should be our satisfaction. Verse 35, then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. God sees how we respond, and He will reward. And the way I read in Luke chapter 6 is it's not just that we're waiting on the reward when we get to heaven. The Scripture says we will be rewarded from heaven, and that reward will be very great, that God will see what's happening in our lives and that we're wanting to live as He lives, as He has done even in our own lives, and He will reward. We're to show kindness. What I love about Luke 6, verses 35 and 36 is Jesus tells us that when we're kind to other people, we're actually showing the proof that we're children of God. We're actually showing that we're His children. And here is how we're able to show kindness. Some of you may say, well, man, this is a hard passage. It is. You guys are just as quiet about it as first service was. <laughs> It's not a shout message in many ways. But if we're going to come to a place where we can live this way, it starts with this. We must remember the kindness of God in our own lives. Romans chapter 5 verse 10 says that before we were saved, before we followed Christ, before we made a decision that He was our Lord and Savior, we were actually referred to as God's enemies. That's the word there. God's enemies. And a few verses earlier in Romans 5 tells us that we were powerless to change that. We couldn't do anything about it. We couldn't clean ourselves up to come to God and deserve something from Him. We couldn't change the status of our relationship in that way. But God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. God didn't want us to be opposed or rebellious. And He didn't want us to be disconnected. He wanted relationship with us. So the greatest way of showing Kindness in our lives is to first keep in perspective that God has demonstrated His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of God, Christ died for us. We were shown mercy when we deserved punishment. We were forgiven when God had the power to punish us. We... we Love enemies and do good to those who hate us because it starts with understanding that God has done the very same thing for us. He loved us. 
the one who was innocent. Jesus died for us. We were forgiven when we believed. He loved the unlovable. He reached for the ones who rebelled. He set the ultimate example. God has shown loving kindness to us. So now, we model the attitudes and actions of our Father. The way we live, we keep in focus remembering the kindness of God in our own lives, but now we want to just not remember it, but now we want to model, we want to live the attitudes and actions of our Father. We want to live and reflect exactly what God has done in our lives. Our lives are to reflect the nature of God and what He's done for us. Listen to what John 13, 34 says, quoting Jesus, As I have loved you, you must love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. We love others in spite of the fact that some of the things, some of the ways they've acted in our lives may not be beneficial. It doesn't mean that we roll over with injustice. It doesn't mean that we continue to be an object of abuse. It doesn't mean that we back down from societal issues. It doesn't mean that we compromise truth. It means that we have a firm center with soft edges that can be gracious and compassionate without compromise. This does mean that in our personal interactions with others, we should treat them as we have been treated and how we would want to be treated. And I'm going to end today in the same place I started because I believe it, as much now as ever before, if we're really going to do this, we must have the help of the Holy Spirit. It's only by the Spirit's help that you can refuse to retaliate when someone has slandered you on social media or to others, but instead to choose to be kind and to love and to honor them. It's only by the help of the Holy Spirit that when someone else tells their side of the story, you don't feel tempted to tell your side of the story. It's only by the Spirit's help that you can help others find success when they have previously caused you harm. It's only by the Spirit's help that you can not be passive-aggressive behind a screen talking about other people, but it's okay because you didn't name them on social media. Or even feel, again, forced to defend your opinion or story. Only by the Spirit's help, listen closely, only by the Holy Spirit's help can we forgive those who hurt us. Only by the Spirit's help can we love people who seemingly hate us, who maybe at times even seem like they've made it their life's mission to be out to get us. Or they, they, they do things to us that are so harmful and hateful and inconsiderate. Only by the Spirit's help can we love people who seemingly hate us and see them differently than just how they're acting. Only by the Spirit's help. Can we look across the room, the table, and look at people and see what God sees? That it's not just about where they are now. It's where they can be. It's what God can do in their lives. Got to tell you today, we won't just fall into this kind of love. 
It won't just be an emotional response. It'll be that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives reminding us of the work of Jesus Christ and then He will empower us to take intentional steps to do good to others. The Holy Spirit will always point us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will always point us back to the Word of God. We need to partner with the Holy Spirit where He empowers, then we take intentional steps to do what Jesus tells us to do. By the help of the Spirit, you can pray for those who have harmed you. And you can even come to a place, by the help of the Holy Spirit, to be able to pray God's best for them. By the help of the Holy Spirit, you can pursue peace and you can express patience in the way you live with other people. Can I just tell you today... I don't, I again, want to remind you, we shouldn't make enemies out of everybody. People are so quick to make other people their enemies. But at the same time, I want to tell you, there are going to be people who won't be nice to you. It can be in a sporadic moment in the grocery store. Or it can be intentional harm inflicted on your life. There are going to be people who won't be nice to you, but by God's help, you can be kind to them. Rather than being dictated in your life how you live by how you feel or how someone else made you feel, you can grow in the work of the Holy Spirit to live more like Christ and to love and be kind no matter what's said and no matter what's done. Boy, Pastor Chris, that's... You're talking big time. That's why I said we've got to have the help of the Holy Spirit. Because we recognize today this won't happen just on our own. How can you practically show love and kindness to your enemies? Practically, what steps can you take? Jesus gave us three action verbs especially. Not even counting love which started the verse. Do good, bless them, And pray for them. On a practical level, can you begin to show kindness by simply buying someone's lunch and being considerate of the fact that they haven't had lunch yet? Oh, Pastor Chris, I could do that. But that jerk of a boss isn't even letting me have my 30 minutes for lunch. They expect me to just work straight through it. Can I just tell you today, you can justify just about any reason in the book as to why you shouldn't be kind. Can you give a compliment or provide encouragement? Can you show interest in their lives and maybe even have an opportunity to show interest in their needs? How can we be loving? How can we be kind even to our enemies? I'm going to ask you if you're in the room today, would you stand with me? I'm going to ask you if you're online today, that you would give us a moment, that you would give God a moment more than even me, a moment to work in your life. I would start today by just challenging you. Have you put some people on your enemy list that maybe you just got offended by what happened? And maybe today you need to grow past that offense, deal with the anger, deal with the resentment, deal with the unforgiveness. That's not everyone, but it could be someone. 
Secondly, today, I'm going to invite you to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I recognize I can't do this by myself. Lord, I recognize there's some some people and some situations that make it hard to love and be kind. And, And it may be that in this room today, you have been easily able to identify a person like this in your life. Maybe it's family, maybe it's friend, maybe it's work, maybe it's whatever. Today, we are going to invite the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to help us see differently the people around us and to help us do good and show kindness no matter who it is and no matter what they've done. It's a, it's a big task. That's why we need God's help to live it. Jesus said it. Jesus taught it. So Jesus clearly meant it. And as Christ followers, we want to be like Christ. Would you join me in prayer today, wherever you are? Jesus, we want to be like you. I I think we can all recognize that this is an area that is greatly challenging in our lives. When, when anger or hatred or uh, slander, we could go down the list. When those things come out at us, sometimes even out of nowhere, it is so easy and so tempting to just respond, to defend, to become angry towards the person who was angry at us. Jesus, I think about you today. There were plenty of people who didn't like you, didn't speak positively of you. People who even wanted you dead. And yet, Jesus, you set such a great example for us of how to offer our lives for the sake and consideration of others that others might see the truth. And you gave us an example worth following. So today we admit... We acknowledge, we humbly come before you, Lord, to say, we know we can't do this on our own. It's not always easy. It's not always our human default. But Lord, we want to grow to a place where love and kindness and action versus reaction becomes our way of life. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to your people today of how to show kindness and love even to those who have seemingly positioned themselves as our enemies. I pray, Lord, even today and this week that there would be opportunities, that we would seize opportunities to love, to do good, to bless, and to pray. God, I I say again, if there are those who are maybe struggling to heal, maybe the wound is deep, then I pray even now, Lord, as we come to you, you would do a great, great ongoing work in the hearts and lives of people. A work, Lord, that I would love to be able to snap my finger and it be done, but a work, Lord, I know that you can do. Help us. Give us insight, even ideas 
of how to do good and to show love and kindness. Thank you, Lord, for your work in us. We pray today over VBX this week. We know that we're going to have a lot of opportunities to show love and kindness in these moments together as well. And we pray today that you would work through all of us. Whether it's a simple smile or holding open a door, Lord, we will be people who reflect the love, kindness, and light of Jesus. And that lives of kids and families will be impacted for your glory. I thank you, Lord, for your blessings upon us in this endeavor. We want to please you. And we want to see people follow you for their lives. I pray, Lord, for those that will continue to pray and for those, Lord, who will move about today. Would you bless and keep them? Would you make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them? May your countenance ever be turned in their direction, Lord, and may you grant them your peace. I thank you, Lord, for helping us to love like Jesus. In the great, mighty, wonderful name of Jesus, we pray.